Everyone in Atlanta is familiar with the Blank name, whether it's Home Depot or the Atlanta Falcons. But that's Arthur Blank. His son Kenny has made an international name for himself as the executive director of the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival, the world's preeminent Jewish film festival. This global celebration of cinema attracts some 40,000 moviegoers annually. But in the age of COVID-19, they've had to make radical changes pivoting to an online format. Girls on Film talks with Kenny about how the AJFF successfully made the transition and what that means for the future of the festival. A great conversation with the executive director of the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival, Kenny Blank, is coming up now on Girls on Film. This is Sarah Smith, and I'm with Teresa Roth. Hey, Teresa. Hi, everybody. And we are all COVIDing remotely and recording remotely for Girls on Film podcast. Um, I'm actually in my car <laughs> right now with the wonderful Ringer app that we use. We love it. For someone that um, uh, is is interested in how to uh, move entertainment online. We have with us uh, an expert, Mr. Kenny Blank, who is the director of the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival, which is one of the, or, which I believe is the largest Jewish film festival in the world. It supports amazing artists, gives them a terrific platform. And Kenny, thank you so much for being with us on Girls on Film. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Teresa. It's a pleasure. And thank you for the invitation and the opportunity. Oh, we're happy to talk to you, Kenny. I've been, I've been promoted to expert. I'm so honored. Thank you. You are. You are an expert. <laughs> it's surprising when you realize that you're an expert, I think. I don't know that anyone's an expert at, at figuring <laughs> out how to do a film festival or arts programming of any kind during a pandemic, but um, we have an amazing professional team and an incredible uh, board and uh, a lot of volunteers who are helping us figure it out along with our peers in the industry. So um, if we can help figure this out uh, with the larger film community, we are happy to help do that. That's wonderful. And I have to say that, you know, I'm on your mailing list and it seems like the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival moved very quickly to embrace the online platform and to experiment and try to create new programming or different ways to present programming online and communicate with its audience because I have been um, signed up to, to be on your mailing list for a couple of years now and the communication shift was very it was very obvious to me but it was also very well done it was interesting and I would love to hear about how you guys decided, that you had to start to change. Well, Sarah, thank you. I mean, I, I appreciate you saying that. The irony is, as you're describing that, I'm thinking to myself, I mean, the reality is our organization, the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival, and I think many film festivals actually have been very resistant to embracing virtual and digital 
for years prior to this pandemic. I mean, we all see the trend lines with what's happening with commercial uh, film um, and even in film festivals where increasingly audiences want to consume cinematic stories in mobile format, in, in digital format. And there's been this move to streaming, which those of us who got into the business of film festivals, I guess most of us are traditionalists and we want movies to be seen in the way they always have in the movie theaters with an audience on the big screen, the way the filmmakers intended. So I think our particular industry, uh, our sector has been very resistant to to digital and virtual because we think that might somehow take away from from the experience of coming together as a community and watching films in the theater. So when this pandemic hit, I mean, we really had no choice. So I will admit, we've sort of been dragging our feet on embracing digital uh, platforms and alternative forms of programming for a number of years. The pandemic really required us to rethink that. So I think virtual and digital opens up all new possibilities to reach new audiences in new and innovative ways. But of course, it is at the end of the day still dependent on the technology working. So when it doesn't, uh, it, it just it doesn't outright. And so uh, we have to scramble a bit. But yes, we're used to navigating those situations. We're blessed to have um, some people with some real technology expertise on our on our professional team. So we're uh, we're well taken care of in, in the technology department. Oh, good. But that that brings me to wonder, tell me, I mean, how do you go about doing this? Are people just going to dial in to watch the movies? How do you collect money? You know, how's how's all that going to work? Look, this is a whole new frontier for film festivals. I think that film festivals, again, I, I think have been resistant. Some have been resistant, like ourselves, to embrace digital and virtual platforms because in our minds, as traditionalists who want audiences to experience these films in a theater uh, as a community, the idea of being digital and virtual, uh, you, you sort of lose that connection and engagement um, and, and unless you're very intentional about trying to find ways to recreate that um, in the digital space. Our team has really pivoted very quickly and I think been very nimble in adopting to the environment. And so we have launched these uh, a series of virtual uh, programs. Right now, our focus is staying connected with our audience. So we have not prioritized finding ways to make this a part of our long-term business model or monetizing this. Uh, and filmmakers and distributors have been very flexible in working with film festivals under these unique circumstances. Uh, we're where, as has been said many times, we're all in this together. So I think there's been a lot of um, leniency and, and flexibility uh, with our audience, with film festivals, with filmmakers and distributors um, to make sure that we can continue to celebrate the cinema arts, that we can continue conversations around film and showcasing films until we sort of figure this situation out and arrive at a new normal um, or at least some standards for how virtual and, and digital and streaming are going to operate as it relates to film festivals. So I, that's sort of a long way of maybe not answering your question directly, but I, for right now, our, prior, our priority is really how do we continue to be relevant, artistically vibrant, connected with our audience, deliver value to our donors. Uh, and so our priority was let's get these virtual programs out there and then later we'll figure out 
what's the business model to sustain these programs long term? And I've, I've said many times, we're doing this out of necessity right now, but I think you're going to find a lot of these virtual programs will live on beyond the pandemic. I think audiences, uh, this is how audiences consume media nowadays. And so to, to reach really a diversity of audiences, we need to be programming in different ways. So I know one day we will return back to the in-theater experience and very much looking forward to that day. In fact, if anything, this pandemic maybe has created a nostalgia for the traditional movie-going experience that was sort of sort of waning. Um, but I hope that digital virtual streaming will live on as part of our festival model for the long term. I love that. For this upcoming festival, will you send out links for people so they can watch or how will that work? So we're still trying to figure that out. Right now we have these virtual programs and it's very easy for audiences to access them through, uh, we have a, a webinar series right now called In Conversation. That's accessible through Zoom. We have a podcast, which is accessible through traditional ways you consume podcasts and so forth. For the annual festival, our big tentpole event, we are trying to figure out what that model will look like. And it could range anywhere from if miraculously we get a vaccine here in the next few months and the commercial movie theaters reopen and everyone's comfortable returning back into the movie theater. We may be looking at a traditional festival experience where you go to the movies. Now, I'd say based on what we're all seeing right now around the country, that seems highly unlikely. The safety, the welfare of our audience is always our number one priority. So we would never do anything that's that's going to make audiences feel uncomfortable. Or the other on the other end of the spectrum is we could be an entirely virtual festival where films, we will have a lineup of new international cinema, and you'll be able to watch those films through different streaming or digital platforms. What I'm hoping we land at is probably a mix of a little bit of everything, a hybrid model, which increasingly we're seeing big industry festivals like Toronto, Sundance. They are embracing this emerging hybrid model, which may have an in-theater component mixed with some digital maybe a drive-in movie experience or outdoor. Oh, I love that. Drive-in. So these are all things that we're evaluating. As you can imagine, there's a lot of logistics that have to be figured out and um, obviously uh, budgetary implications. And we have to be able to serve all audiences. So not all audiences are comfortable watching films um, on digital platforms, either because of a technological barrier or they just prefer not to see films and consume films in that way. So I think it's important that we have a variety, at least a couple of different ways that audiences can access these films if we want to truly reach uh, everyone in the community. Makes sense. Have your team thought of creating an uh, an online or, or like a digital net, a network for the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival? Well, uh, tell, tell me more about what you mean by, the, by a, a digital network. I don't have any broadcast. Uh, television in my home at all, traditional broadcast. I, I'm a cord cutter and I use um, different platforms to watch different things, mm -hmm. but I watch so much. I have, I have so much content at my, at my fingertips. And I think the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival has a brilliant brand. And uh, I just don't know if you guys would ever consider being, you know, having an almost like a, a network, like an NBC sports channel. They have a, they have a network. Yeah. 
Look, I mean, look, everything's on the table and we're actually evaluating a number of, of scenarios, some which I think maybe come a little close to what you're describing. Is there a way to make the film festival content available on demand through traditional uh, cable um, or other services? So again, I think as we're seeing all these different ways to consume entertainment nowadays, uh, you really kind of have to be thinking along those lines. Um, and so again, necessity being the mother of invention, um, this pandemic has us really rapidly evolving and adopting some some new models that we would traditionally not not be looking at. And look, I think there's an upside to that, which is meeting audiences where they're at. And there's a whole there's a whole audience for this content out there that if if it wasn't for this pandemic and, and, and if it wasn't for our pivot to digital, we might not ever be reaching those audiences. In fact, we're reaching audiences now beyond the metro Atlanta area because we are virtual. Uh, there's audiences outside of the state of Georgia, nationwide, even international that are consuming some of our new virtual programming initiatives. Absolutely. And I think that is so exciting for the the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival. I mean, it's one of the finest film festivals I've ever, ever attended. The audiences, the people that are dedicated to it, I think will still be dedicated if you're online or if you're in person. Um, but I, I love what you said about the pivot to digital. Um, and I would love to hear just your opinion as a, as a person um, who's uh, got a great, a great business and is all of a sudden having forced to change because of uh, the our time and public health and even our government. Um, it's just fascinating to me that we have to innovate so much right now because of we're for we don't we often don't innovate uh until we're forced uh, absolutely and sarah to your point i mean I, we've seen this confirmed in some surveying that we're doing of our audience and that a number of other arts organizations are are, are surveying their audiences and find the same thing which is that in this environment just the way the organizations are having to adopt and innovate Audiences are going along for that ride with the organizations. They've been incredibly supportive. So when we survey our audience and we ask them, would you participate in a virtual festival um, when we return to traditional programming? Uh, you know, what are your needs going to be about uh, how you consume this content from a from a customer uh, consumer standpoint? And we're getting great feedback that audiences are very supportive right now. They're starved for this entertainment, this enrichment that only film and the arts can provide. And they understand the challenges and the headwinds that we as presenters are facing. And they will do all they can to meet us where we're at. And if that means embracing some new technology, um, watching films in ways that maybe traditionally they're not accustomed to, there's a lot of forgiveness and a lot of willingness to accept change there. And so that's very encouraging. Uh, again, I know at some point, we will get films back into theaters for the traditional experience. But until then, I, I think we're seeing a lot of support and enthusiasm from audiences to, to work with uh, film presenters like ourselves to, to, to get that content any way they can. Speaking of your content, how, how has this pandemic affected your f applications? I mean, the people providing content to you or applying for, you know, acceptance. 
Uh, Teresa, it's a, it's a great question, and it's sort of a bit of an unknown still for us. We just recently opened our call for entries. We are at the very early stages of our film selection process for next year's festival. And so far, so good. We are seeing plenty of content out there. Uh, a lot of festivals that we normally look to to mine for films uh, had already completed their festivals before the pandemic hit. Uh, a lot of these films were already in post-production or in the can um, by the time that things shut down in the industry. So there's a good bit of content out there. I think at some point we are going to see some closing up of that pipeline a bit um, and some some restriction there and some disruption. I don't know when that will come. Again, right now, lots of films to evaluate and consider for our festival. But whether that's later this year or maybe even next year, uh, there may be a, a delay in sort of when that when that content st starts to dry up. Um, I think we're inevitably going to see some some constricting of the, of the pipeline of films available to us. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I think the film just the way we've been talking about how film festivals have had to adopt and innovate. Um, these studios and these filmmakers are finding all kinds of creative ways to plan for the future and make sure that when they can safely begin production again, they are going to wrap ramp up very quickly, I think. And hopefully there'll be some catching up that goes on uh, once we've been given the green light to go back out there and start shooting, shooting movies again. So exciting. Fortunately, you know, you're getting good applications in this year. The pipeline may start next year because, you know, people can't get out and shoot right now. That, that, that's so. the concern. I, I think this year we're going to have a, a bounty of films to pick from. Uh, but next year is when we might start to see the impacts of this. And again, film festivals are having to to find ways to offset that. So is that maybe bringing back some of some classic films from our our festival vault or classic Hollywood films and showcasing those or doing some sort of reunion film where you find a film that's celebrating a milestone anniversary and you bring back the cast of that film for a virtual re reunion. There's so, creative. there's so much film out there to celebrate so many films that uh, even if they're not brand new releases, first run films, um, so much film to, to showcase. And so we'll find a way to fill that gap. If in fact there is uh, some reduction in the films available to us for the next season or even the following season. Amazing. Well, we know you'll do a great job because, you know, Sarah and I are definitely fans of the AJFF and you've, you've always done just a great yes. job. And we want to thank you so yes. much for being with us today. Well, thank you. And uh, we send our, our best out to your audience and to all of our colleagues out there in the Georgia film industry. We are here to support one another and any way that the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival can do that. Um, our hats off to everyone who is finding ways to weather this storm. And we look forward to returning back years on the other end. Absolutely. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you. Thank you all. We're Girls on Film. We're out. <laughs>